Welcome to Writing Black Joy Season 2. I am Sophia Robinson and I'm a writing coach and an editor and a story listener as well as the producer of Writing Black Joy, a virtual space that celebrates, centers and promotes the voices of Black writers and storytellers with joyful and uplifting stories. Here, you'll find conversations with some of my favorite Black writers and storytellers, learn more about their projects and the joy they're bringing into the world, hear more about their creative process, and find inspiration for your own creative ventures, as well as tips and strategies for writing poetry, blogs, creative nonfiction, fiction, plays, and so much more from all types of writers, as well as a sneak peek into the writing life. You can even find your next favorite writer, book, poem, play, or blog. And if you are a Black writer who is looking for a coach or an editor to help you bring your joyful story into the world, then click on my website below to find out how to work with me. In the meantime, let's go to today's guest. Today's guest is Sharice Wiltshire, who is a book club buddy of mine, as well as an author. Sharice is a fun and spirited woman of God who loves traveling the world, biking, and enjoys finding that hidden literary discovery in any and every bookstore. And she has recently penned her own book, Hearts Cry, a 40-day devotional designed to strengthen your Christian walk. In her professional life, Sharice is a successful entrepreneur who runs her own business consulting firm, Wiltshire Consultancy International. Sharice and I talk about our spiritual journeys, dealing with loss, how Sharice wrote and published her devotional, her creative practice, and so much more. You'll also get to experience some of her fun personality and encouraging nature. You will find links to Sharice's work in the show notes, and I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Writing Black Joy, and today I have a fellow book clubber with me, my friend Sharice. There's going to be another book clubber (laughs) coming soon, but today uh, we have Sharice, and Sharice published her book a few months ago, and she's done all kinds of incredible things since then. We're going to talk a bit about that. But first, I just want to tell you a little bit about her. Before we go into that, let me tell you a bit about what you're doing here if you've wandered onto this page. This is Writing Black Joy, and here we are celebrating and centering the joyful and uplifting stories of Black writers and storytellers, whether they be real or not. So we have documentarian, we have filmmaker fiction, nonfiction, children's book authors, and Sharice uh, wrote a devotional. So we have all kinds of things going on uh, in this season, and I'm so glad you have joined with us. If you want to check out previous guests, either from this season or from season one, just check the show notes and you'll see all the links. But uh, let me tell you a bit about my guest today, Sharice Wiltshire. Sharice is a fun and a spirited woman of God who loves traveling the world, biking and enjoys finding that hidden literary discovery in any and every bookstore. Therese is known to always have a dramatic and usually funny story to relate to her family and friends. She has a flair for storytelling and her love for writing was a natural progression of lifelong reading. Primarily spiritual books, but also those that her local book club selects. See, told you, she's one of my fellow book clubbers. Therese's favorite pastime is to swim in the ocean after a long day's work. Sometimes we do it together. And she also loves to share her experiences and encourage with others in their spiritual faith. 
In her professional life, Sharice is a successful entrepreneur who runs her own business consulting firm, Wiltshire Consultancy International. So I am so glad to have you here, Sharice. Yes, and thank you so much for joining me so early in the morning. I love a good early morning chat. So let us get started. I'd love for you to tell us a bit about your book. What inspired you to create it? So my book is about, it's a 40-day devotional, and it really, my heart in writing this book is to ensure that and encourage persons, rather you are in the faith or you're kind of not too sure, or you kind of, in a way, kind of put it on the back burner, but you want to get back in there. But sometimes you just don't know how, you know, how do you make that first step? How do you, what kind of tools should you use? And because for me, when I was, I was kind of like on the fence, like, yeah, I think God is cool, but I'm not too sure if I really want to have that level of commitment. You know, I, I, I had really good support. And then I found resources that really helped me um, to get to that place that I always wanted to get to, but I either wasn't too sure or didn't feel confident or just didn't think it was going to suit my lifestyle as it was as a young person. You know what I mean? Mm. So I, I realized that because I had that support, it really made uh, faith uh, a lot easier to walk it out. But then also it helped me to see that faith is quite compatible with our daily life. Actually, it should be. And it's fun and it's exciting and it's, it's wondrous. And I think for a lot of us, we may have um, touched the surface of it or had some uh, framework that we think, okay, I'll do this little bit. I'll sing a, a song. I'll, I'll t- touch base with a little prayer in between. And that's, that's enough, you know, um, and, and that's a good start. But there's so much more to be had in, in, in the life. And um, so the book is really about helping people to get to that point of being able to see the wonder. And also, how do you apply in your day-to-day practical living? Because sometimes we see God as kind of like far off and distant and not applicable to our day-to-day life. And, and it's, it's actually quite, it's quite exciting and beneficial to see how you can apply um, God to your life every single day so the book starts out on a conceptual note like we, we're going to look back and say okay well what is this whole faith thing about what is God about and then we eventually get to the last section of the book is like who is Jesus to you how do you apply God to your life you know um, mm-hmm. so that's pretty much a quick synopsis on the book <laughs> excellent I love that quick breakdown um, I'd love to know a bit about your own journey with your faith. This is something that you have been journeying on since childhood. Is it more something that you've come to more recently? I'm curious. I'll, I'll share a bit about my own journey afterwards, but I'd love to hear a bit about yours. Yeah. So I wasn't raised in the traditional church. So I was kind of raised in a, a more, how should I say, non-traditional um, church. So a lot of things that I think a lot of people would have experienced didn't, right? I had a a non-traditional faith walk. And so when I became around 14, 15, love of reading actually helped me because um, in school, eventually I was able to find fellow readers. So one of the fellow readers happened to be a pastor's daughter. So obviously faith came up and then she was explaining to me things I hadn't really heard about. Um, and, and I didn't really, either I heard it in passing, but I didn't understand the concept. So she was helping me to understand. 
And then she invited me to her church concert. I went and I got saved. I got prayed for. And I had this really amazing experience of feeling after that, uh, after being prayed for that my eyes were open. Like I felt alive. I felt like light. There was something that happened that night that I knew was something I wanted to keep in my life. Um, and it was beautiful experience. I remember the days after, like anything that was going on around me, I was like in my own little happy bubble, like nothing could nice. affect me, right? And I was like, I'm gonna definitely stick with this. This is where I need to be. <laughs> but you know, being 14, you know, unfortunately that friend, she transferred to another school and that was like my link to faith as an early Christian. And when she left, unfortunately didn't stay focused um, on it. So I kind of like went on with life. You learn about partying, you learn about boys, you learn about all the things, you know. <laughs> different boys priorities. at the root of all evil. Don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I'm just joking. Boys, you're awesome. Go ahead, Kiri. <laughs> yeah, if you choose the wrong one, root of all evil. If you choose the right one, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. So you gotta be you gotta be wise with those choices. Discerning <laughs> with those with those and all choices for sure. For sure. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So um, I went into my teenagers, went into community college, started obviously learning about this world and going into the world. We will say going into the world. You'll hear that a lot in Christianese. Um, and I was having fun. I was partying. I had all these great friends. I was at Barbados Community College. Then I went to UE and, and even more, you know, trying to find joy in the world, right? And ever so often, intermittent points, um, I will be reminded of God, you know, um, and, but by that time I was like, yeah, Jesus is cool, but you know, I bought this life. I, I kind of about living my young years and I had it in my mind, ironically, that I think a lot of us think this, like, you know, Jesus is really cool, but I think I'm going to circle back to him, like when I retired. And I'll here, get so. back to this later. Yeah, 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 stick yeah. a pin in this. Be <laughs> coming back, coming back just now. Pull yeah. this here so, so I come. Give me a couple decades of <laughs> like letting go like a pop guy and then I can circle back to you when I retire and you know near to death and I gotta get my life started I'll to meet back. you <laughs> and I'll come back <laughs> and you know God in his mercy um kept reminding me and I think I always like met up with Campus Crusade they will have like these uh, mission trips at the university and they will talk to me and then um, things like that would happen, but I was never really going to commit because I really was like, when I get out of university, they don't have my money and then you'll really see something. I'm out in these streets, you know? <laughs> and um, it's interesting because when I finished university, I spent the summer at my aunt in Washington and every day I was like, Jesus, I want a really good job and I get back home, let me have get a good job. And I just spent every single day. And then I made a promise to God. I said, um, if you get me a good job, I am going to commit to you seriously, you know? Promises yeah, so. to God. That needs to be the name of your second book. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a long one, right? Um, <laughs> promises not kept to God. Wow. <laughs> but how he keeps promises to how you. you exactly, know? I know, right? So true. Yeah, he gave me this really good job um, that really was a, a perfect fit for me. And it really launched me into my career path that really was a good, um, good fit for me. And ironically... I ended up at this offshore bank that had quite a few Christians considering like the rate of the percentage of Christians to the overall staff complement was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, which was cool. And I never had any issues with anybody being a Christian, but then I met this girl named Trudy 
And Trudy, the reason, obviously, as I said, I didn't want to commit to being a Christian is because I wanted to be out there having fun. But Trudy was a Christian and she seemed to be having a lot more fun than me. She mm. seemed a lot more joyful, a lot more peace. She seemed purposeful. She seemed like she had it all together in a way that I didn't outside of the commitment to faith. So I was like, yeah, I, I think I think something is different here and I want to look into it. And um, series of events happened and she invited me to her church, which ironically ended up being my pastor's daughter, her father's <laughs> church. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, of all the churches in this country, I had, it had to be that uh, one. Girl, they always say, I have just, a friend who always says there's no coincidences here. There is none. It was, it was really meant. And so I, I went one, the thing was, I want to commit to faith and I went to what we will call a traditional church. And I was like, God, okay, I can give you like maybe four sessions. Cause you've been good to me. So I can do about four Sundays. Find you like I think bargaining thing though. Well. <laughs> Find you like this bargaining thing though. Like, so God, you got five minutes. I mean, four weeks. Four four Sundays. I think that's a good, that can keep you good for a little while. Circle back in a couple of years, you know. (laughs) Well, I went to this traditional church and I had the best sleep of my life. I literally slept almost from the beginning right to the end. Like my aunt had to hit me to get up, you know. And I remember walking to church and being like, man, I I don't think I'm like, I think you're working out. (laughs) And literally, as soon as I got home, my friend messaged me. She's like, Sharice, I know you want to be like in a traditional church and stuff like that. That's cool, but maybe you could give mine a try, you know? I think it would be more fit. Same friend, yeah. More fit for your personality and, you know, so on. And I was like, all right, one session. I gave her one and that's it, you know, just uh, so she can't say I ain't trying. So the least I could do is go to church church once. And I went and that was it I was I was hooked I was like I knew I mean I walked in I felt it I felt this is where I belonged and it will seem strange but when I was walking in I remember feeling like having this vision of angels rejoicing and and I heard a voice say welcome home and it sounds crazy to everybody but I I felt and I know that happened Mm -hmm. and I was like I remember saying myself that's all well and cool but I only here for one session. Like you had an hour, <laughs> now you got 15 minutes. So make it count. <laughs> exactly. And make the interesting thing about that experience ended up being that um, they were talking about soul hurts. That was actually mm-hmm. a soul series that was going on. And they, they were either into the second um, part of the series. And everything they talked about literally was like my life. Everything, everything they were talking about. It was as if somebody wrote all my life up to that point. And I remember saying, this is impossible. Like, this this can't be true. Like, you can't know this much about me. And then they were saying, this is how God can help you to really address those root hurts and those root issues and, and heal, totally heal. And as we know, in this world, we, we hit some horrible experiences. You know, we, we go through some rough, rough stuff. So I was like, well, maybe this is the answer to the bitterness I feel and the anger I feel. And maybe I should give this a try you know and after the interesting thing is uh, I talked to my best friend she was she was not a Christian at the time um eventually she became a Christian and she said I knew seeing how you change God was real because Sharice was my best friend I love you 
but you were one miserable bee. Okay? So I cannot even I imagine that. that. <laughs> I cannot even imagine. I, I listen, yeah. I've known like we've known each other maybe like eight years or so now. And I think yeah. she's one of the most pleasant, happiest, <laughs> cheerful, always has that smile on her face. I I can't just can't even imagine it. Yeah, and she knew me from literally first day of school. We've been friends, best friends from the first day of school. So she knows, and she knows the things that you go through and how hard life can be and trying to manage that hurt and those frustrations. Bitterness sets in, right? Oh. Her, you have to learn how sure. to cope with hurt. And one of the ways is bitterness. One of the ways is putting up walls. One of the ways is, you know, you come up with these things just to cope. Yeah, um, but she's, yeah. Yeah. And she was able to say, you know what, I, I know God is real because I saw that change in you. You always were a beautiful person, um, mm-hmm. but I could see how you were getting miserable and frustrated and disillusioned, right? Because life comes at you fast and it comes at you hard mm-hmm. and it comes at you painful, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was able to see, okay, well, this is where this soul hurt is being manifested in this way, you know? And over time, I gave God that one Friday a try. Still here I am. So I tricked God. I thought I was tricking God and God tricked me. But you know, it's all good. God, what are you doing, Cherise? Girl. Yeah. And and I I would say um my life has been so much better. I mean, in terms of the things I thought I was going to miss, I saw how God gave me them in a, a healthier way right? Things that wouldn't end up being a detriment to my life, but more a blessing because God is just as much fun, right? I think we think God is, and this is for me personally, I shouldn't say we, for me personally, I thought God was the antithesis of fun. But so I thought I got to go on my knees and, and get ashy knees. I got to sit down and pray like this and hum him. <laughs> and I just thought like, this thing will be no fun. I, I don't want it. And one of the most beautiful things for me is in my faith and what I realized from my personal experience is, yeah, God is, is super fun and we crack jokes. We um, have, uh, and sometimes it's really deep because I don't want to see like God is this shallow, like, yes, we have fun, but yes, we have deep conversations. And then sometimes God is like, okay, sometimes I get upset with people. I'm like, God, I really could, I really could use some fire and brimstone to bring, you could bring some, this person to ask me. <laughs> If possible, could you send a thunderbolt? Please, I'm right there, please. I would love that. Thank you. <laughs> and then, you know, God in his mercy, and he would show me, like, I had this one horrible boss, like, horrible boss. And I remember I said to God, you know, I didn't say you should, should um, hit him with something. They can at least make you a little sick. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to get God to just get a little sure sick. Yeah, so you'll get off my back. I would love to Whoa. tell you that I'm this perfect heart, um, you know, compassion. I, no, oh, you pissed no. me off. Okay. I could, you could hold a little sickness for a couple of weeks or something, get off my back. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and God was like, no, you have to love that person. And I want you to pray and bless that person. Right? I was like, you, you see what this person doing? How this person frustrated my life and got me stressed out. Da, 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 da. And God was like, no, I want you to ask what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to love your enemies. You pray for them that despitefully use you. So I was like, all right, man. So I kind of half-hearted get into it. Like, well, you could bless him if you want to. <laughs> you know, start real half-hearted with this thing. Like, I'm going to love it, but I'm not going to like it. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> and um, I remember then God 
start to show me how this person's behavior is rooted in an insecurity and where that insecurity is rooted in a hurt. And it led me to realizing, well, this person is no different from me. I, I am rooted in security. My stuff is rooted in hurt. So how can I come to a place of judging this person when I struggle with the same thing and God was loving and compassionate to me and still is to bring me into a place of wholeness. So if, if that's how God is with me, it's time for me to, to pray for that person and to, and to really um, be a part of uh, intercession for that person to get to a place of wholeness, right? Um, yeah. And the yeah. beautiful thing about that is then I started to cry because I cried and was like, God, I, I, I asked for forgiveness because I wasn't looking at this the right way. And then really praying for that person from a place of compassion and genuine um, uh, connection with their struggle, because I realized I struggle just as much, right? Maybe not in the same way, manifesting the same way, mm-hmm. but coming out of a, a similar hurt. Yeah. And I prayed and I really prayed for that person. And I stayed in a place of prayer for that person. And I saw how because I wasn't coming back with any animosity with that person, it made the relationship over time come to a really good place. Um, So it's those sort of experiences that I really want to encourage people to get to that place. Um, And that's what really the book is about. Um, Getting that place, a journey with Jesus where he helps you. And I should say at the end though, that I was able to move away from that situation and get into a way better situation. So mm-hmm. God eventually did release me from uh, the, the uh, situation, but I came to a place where I understood the person's hurt and it was from a place of compassion and not condemnation and wanting them to, to be fur- burning the fire. something. <laughs> well, I, 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 um, I'm loving this side of you. I'm just joking. But <laughs> seriously, I love that. I love that you talked about that. I have so many more questions, which uh, this is probably not the place for, but um, thank you so much for sharing that experience. Um, I said I would share a little bit of mine and I will. Uh, I should, this is my confession. I grew up in the church, probably opposite you, I grew up in the church. Um, and when I hit university was when I was a lot more dedicated. Um, okay. I, anybody who's really interested, I have whole blog post I've written about this so I will not bore you I'll just drop links in the comment yeah and I, I, I guess the kind of the reverse happened to me I, I had a lot you know a lot of loss I've lost a lot of people that were really close to me and mm-hmm. that loss I kind of drifted away from the church so it's not it's not so much a part of my life now well not at all really mm-hmm. um, and but the, the thing about it is, and it's so funny because I've been thinking, I'm, well, I've been thinking about it by the time this comes out, I might even have, have published some of them because I did actually write a few of them, writing mm-hmm. about where I am now because like I always say, I don't, like I have some friends who've left the church and who are like, they left church, they don't believe in God anymore. They're like, this is, you know, they kind of like really walked away from that life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I feel like that's true about me. I think, mm-hmm. like, I I. I, for the last, and it has to be multiple years now, I felt a bit in a space of limbo because I do not feel like it's not real or whatever. That's not what I feel. I don't really believe that. But also, like, maybe I don't know what I believe, but it certainly isn't what I believed when I was in my 20s and when I was, you know, at church three, four times a week and Bible study and prayer group and teaching Sunday school because that was my life. Wow. Um, almost 30 and 
yeah. So all I can say is it's not anymore. Um, and I think about it a lot. I think about it a lot. I used to be so angry at God. I used to be mad, you know, for taking away perfectly good people and leaving some of the rubbish ones down here. Like, I don't even know yeah. how I feel, right? And now I still get mad if I think about it from that perspective. So I try not to. But yeah. I still think about it a lot because I feel like it's still a part of the person I am now, even if it's not a big part, it's still a part of, of becoming the person that I am now. And a few weeks ago, I wrote this, uh, this long blog post, which I definitely haven't, haven't posted yet, but it might, I might <laughs> found the courage to do it by the time this goes live. And it's called Things I Miss About God, because I had, you know, I was, I was, oh, just I love that. I love that title. Collective, because there are things <laughs> about that part of me that was I, I miss having that faith I miss having that level of trust there are a lot of things that I miss I miss that person who felt hopeful and 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 joyful about those things so um I wrote that long essay like I said maybe I'll have the courage to have posted it by the time this goes live and if it doesn't and people well, want to see it if you don't post it send it to me because I'm actually really intrigued I would love to read it oh I will definitely <laughs> you and uh maybe this will be the little kick I need to actually post it because I feel like if I'm the per- if I feel this way there may be a lot of people that are feeling this way who you feel like the church or the experiences you've had in church or even in faith have not lived up to what you thought but you're not quite ready to walk away yet yeah I, I actually hear that quite a lot and the interesting thing about this book is that it's been reaching more, um, on, I would say, persons who are not as committed as they were before, or persons who are in the faith, and yeah, still going to church and everything, but they're not, they don't have that passion, they don't, or they're struggling. I, I would say the best word to use is struggling. Rather, they're still in church, doing the Sunday thing, doing Bible study and everything, but still struggling. Actually has reached more people that way than I would say new believers and so on. And I think just like you, if you're in church for a couple of years, I think after a while, I mean, the, the structure of church, I think yeah. disillusionment is going to set in at some point. Right. Um, and I was very intentional in this book in not talking too much about church, but more the relationship with God, because I think we had, we all have had bad experiences in church in many different ways. Over oh, time, yeah. as I talk to people, and for some reason, people really um, tell me a lot of their stories and stuff. Some really painful, heartbreaking things have yeah. hurt yeah. people. And I mean, crushed yeah. people's yeah. spirit um, in ways that it's very difficult for them to go. And I used to say, I wouldn't even want to see the good side of a church after if something like that had to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's why in writing this book, I'm being very intentional not. Um, linking it necessarily to the structure of church because I think church is a group of people it's people who have committed to faith not necessarily yeah the are flawed all of us yeah exactly so I really think this would be a good book when you do get a chance to read (laughs) um and and, and, and maybe it will help you several (laughs) copies of this book don't let her make you think that I about the place and support him like girl I've purchased several copies of this you have you have thank you so much I appreciate it but I think this really works with a lot of people like that I think one of the steps um for a lot of people back into faith and I think for 
persons and what I've seen with friends that have grown up in the faith, their faith has evolved, it's changed. And you can go back to that original way you were um, approaching faith because you've grown, you've had experiences, sometimes really tough experiences. Um, and that's one of the books I want to actually write about is wilderness experiences. As one of the, between that and writing about church and some of the things I think the church has done really well and some of the things I think that God really is putting on my heart that we need to improve, right? But between those two, but yeah. <laughs> but with, yeah, but with wilderness experiences, like just like you, I've struggled with that. Like beautiful people, good friends, um, good acquaintances that have passed. And, and then you see these pop down people put the place just Look. rough to all and the work dead I, I, I doing well and, and prospering and i'm oh. like god i'm just saying you could take two minutes to like address very, this situation you know very um, upset so yeah it's frustrating the only one yeah it's very yeah, I, I can handle anger because i i sometimes get really upset at god and i i scream and i shout and i'm just like this is not fair you know but one of the things especially as it relates to death that has kind of been a comfort, not a full comfort, but it does help is sometimes we look at what we've lost, but we don't always take time to thank God for what we had. So I would have had a really good friend who died of COVID a couple of months now ago. And when I heard it was absolutely devastating. And I was like, she's a fantastic, she was a fantastic person, like with children and, and to lose someone, lose your mother and, you know, I, once again, I was just like, God, I just don't understand why bad things happen to good people, you know? Yeah. Um, but I had to make an intention about where can I see the good in this? And one of the things I've realized is not a lot of people have good friendships um, and friendship is a blessing. And I, I said, mm-hmm. yes, I can look at everything of the loss and the frustration and all of that. But then I can also say, God, thank you for the years of a beautiful, genuine friendship with this person, you know? And that kind of helped me to kind of reformat my perspective to, okay, what I've lost, but what I've always, I've already been blessed with. And that kind of helped me a little bit to to kind of reorient how I was thinking. But death is one of those things I also struggle with where I can't understand why good people go and, and God just, you know, but I do talk in the book about the wisdom of God and there is a bigger picture. We see very, 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 very limited of the bigger picture that is being orchestrated. And, and God, we, we got to admit, we live in a fallen world. We, 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 we be dealing with sin. We dealing with decay. We deal with death. It's, it's part of this, this world we live in. Um, but God, but you have God there that helps you. And he cries with you when you cry. Um, I had a really bad breakup many years ago no and I remember I was just I started to cry and as soon as I started to cry the rain fell and I was just like and I just felt like I was saying you weep I weep with you and that was kind of almost like a physical manifestation of the fact that God hurts with us you know he's not so far away he is closer than a brother he weeps with us he he empathizes with our pain but then he also is there to to show um give us this stuff uh, be our sustainer give us that strength to make sometimes the next five minutes the next 10 minutes the next day and eventually you get to the place where you can look back and realize he's he's helped you through a very dark time in your life um either bringing people who would encourage you um or hearing his still small voice in your in your spirit or sometimes honestly just a random tv show that has that one sentence that just reaches that 
that broken mm-hmm. part within me. He, oh, yeah. He's very creative, oh, yeah. you know. Um, so that's what the book is about. Giving my personal experiences about how God is practical and he is eager to to help and to be our encourager, be our sustainer. Yeah. Mm. I love that. And uh yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for going on a little tangent with me because that's uh, like I said, it's something that I I think about a lot. There, you know, I I, you know, I've had a lot of conversations about, like I said, I write about it a lot. Um, and yeah, I can't be the only one that feels that way. So that's, we can leave that there for now, but I'm sure it'll come up more as the conversation continues. I just wanted to let you know how you can support us over here at Writing Black Joy. Firstly, you can join our Patreon community over at patreon.com slash Sophia Robinson, and you'll find the link for that in the show notes. When you sign up over at Patreon to support us, you will get the opportunity to join our monthly group coaching calls and workshops that we'll be holding exclusively for Patreon supporters. So come on over and join the party. It's so much fun over there. Other ways you can support us, hit subscribe here on your podcast or over on the YouTube channel. You can also leave a podcast review, like our YouTube episodes and share us with your friends. You can head over to our website and sign up for our mailing list, www.writingblackjoy.com. Also, follow Writing Black Joy over on Instagram at Writing Black Joy. All of these will be in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and for supporting our show. So you agreed to join me here. So I imagine that Black writers writing joyful and uplifting work is also important to you and I'd love to hear a bit about why why you why it's important to you yeah I think um Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie put it in a play in a way that I didn't realize it was ruminating in the back of my head for some time mm-hmm. and she said talked about the danger of a single story and I find um but that's a lot of the- in, the, in the notes by the way that's one of my all-time favorite TED talks yeah, I, I, I'm just such a big fan of her. So, my God, if I had to meet her, I'd probably like faint. <laughs> I don't plan to faint. I have a lot of questions for her. So, I don't plan to faint, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan. I can follow her on everything, Insta, Facebook, anything she puts up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. Yeah, and I, I really love what she said in that TED Talk because I love books in any type of book, but I do find sometimes when we were talking about the Black experience, it is very much towards pain um, and, and towards uh, this, this almost, and I don't mind that because the human experience is painful, but I feel like maybe my purpose in life is towards more of a uh, encouraging part so that we have, it's like almost like a rainbow, a kaleidoscope of colors and, and the, the, the painful stories that have to be told, yes. they have their place. But I think just as much so the joyful stories, the happy story, the encouraging stories have mm-hmm. their place as well. And having that perfect balance is important because we're at different points in our lives. We need different stories at different points in our lives. So we got to make sure that we're meeting people um, need and wants and and um, allowing that kaleidoscope of colors to be to be beautiful. One color won't do it. You need everybody's voice. You need everybody's stories. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to have that full range is important in balance. <laughs> yeah, I love that because I, like like you, I feel sometimes like that balance is needed. You know, I'm like, 
there, there are things that you want to tear down, but there's also things that you have to build up. There's <laughs> stories that are meant to show the experiences that people are having and highlight those things and, and shine a light on those things because there are a lot of things that people aren't aware of. And also you need the stories of joy, of encouragement, uplifting, that type of thing too. So I love that you are here to bring a little balance into the world with me. Uh, I'm certainly there for that. Um, do you have a quote? I know you, you've mentioned a few things. Uh, you've quoted a couple of people, but do you have a specific quote uh, from someone you admire or from your own work that you would like to share with us? Well, Albert Einstein said, don't strive to be a success, strive, strive to be a value. And I really love that quote because I, I really think that everybody has a contribution to make to the development and growth and edification of society. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I try to do in my writing is to try in some way, rather it's more like a devotional um, a perspective, which would literally my own personal real stories or writing a novel, a more creative spin, um, but bringing people to a place of um, encouragement. My value, I think, um, and my purpose in life is to bring encouragement. Um, rather is, as I say, fiction or nonfiction, to bring that. That's that's my purpose in writing. Um, so I really love that quote, not to be a, not, don't strive to be a success. Because I've met, especially the corporate world girl, oh my gosh, people striving to be a success at any cost, willing to do very immoral things, anything. Um, but are they adding value to society? Because yes, you may achieve that great position or that great level of success, but behind you is a trail of da- a disaster and destruction. You've, you've destroyed your village, you've destroyed your community and your society to gain something that's fleeting, you know? Yeah, that you can't really, with you. Yeah, it's an illusion really. Um, so that's why I, as much as people focus, some people focus on success, and that is a good indicator to some extent. I don't want it to be my only indicator. If if I'm less successful, but I've added value to my society, I've encouraged a group of people to be in some way better or to achieve something better, then I don't want, at the end of the day, my father always used to say, um, when you go to sleep at night, make sure nothing is keeping you up. Make sure your yes. conscience is clear. And for those people that I've seen, a trail of disaster behind them, no. I want a beautiful path of flowers and happy people behind me. And that's why I'm looking at adding value, not striving for success. Yeah. Mm. I love that. That's, that's perfect. Um, let's talk a bit about actually writing this book. Uh, how, uh, yeah, I know, right? So I'd love to know a bit about how long it took you to write the book, if you had to do any research and that type of thing like the actual writing process, how did you find it? Because I know you've, you've always enjoyed writing. It's always been a part of your life. Oh, um, but tell me how was the actual book writing process? Yeah, I, I found, so by way of explanation, I had been writing devotionals because I really felt at a point, maybe a year or two into my faith, I felt like God was telling me, it's time for you to stop reading devotionals, but start writing devotionals. And I was like, okay, let me let me send it to a couple of friends who I think would um, suffer suffer in this in this situation. I'm I think called to, <laughs> and a couple of my workmates that were also Christians, and 
it so happened that people really, really loved them. And then they will start sharing them with other people in the office. And other people like, well, why don't you send them to me directly? Why don't you tell me you write these devotionals? And then people mm. recommend to friends. And it became this whole like email list of people that I was sending to um, maybe up to maybe six, seven years. I was doing it. And then um, eventually I felt like, okay, you've gone as far as you can with this. It's time for you to actually write an actual book. And when I started out, I really thought I was going to just put all those devotionals I wrote already, fling them in a book. Into the book, yeah. My life is done. My, my work is here is done. I'm oh, yeah. done. That's, yeah, take man. that life. That that shit, that take on my life. Um, but when I started trying to put them together, it wasn't working. And I realized, like, no, I think I'm supposed to write a whole new book. And then I was like, oh, what should I write? And, you know, I think um, it was Toni Morrison that said she wrote the book that she wanted to read and so that's why I started I started doing I was like what book do I want to read and I was like you know I would have really appreciated a book that really encouraged me to see how exciting and fun and joyful and 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 understand the bigness of God and then apply show me how I can apply it to daily life right yes so that's when I started writing the book um it was very off and on I was very okay, I'll do some today, a week will pass, but I'll do something else. And as inspiration hit, um, and the years went by, um, like two years went by, and I had like a very rough version of what I wanted. But then I decided to get, okay, you need to get intentional about this, right? Um, and it wasn't the only book I was writing. I was writing novels, I was writing all sorts of other types of books. So I was like, okay, you, you know you need to finish this. So I really felt like I was like, you need to finish this book. Like, mm-hmm. you need to get that. So I got a lot more intentional in doing that and in editing because I don't like to edit. I actually really hate editing. I like writing. I just don't like editing, having to go over one sentence a million times. Uh, I like I like somebody well, else doing that. Editors are for, and I'm not even like I was saying to someone the other day. I'm not even convinced. Yes, we can. We, sorry, yes, we have to edit our own work, but also I think we're too close to it sometimes, and we do yes. need that external person to you do for us as well. So it was actually quite fortuitous that I, um, a friend recommended to me um, an editor and she did a fantastic job. First of all, she was on me like every couple of days, like, did you make the amendments? And I needed that because I can be very distracted with other things, work and studying and everything. I was like, eh, I'll get to that eventually. But she was on me, God bless her. And she got me to a point of having the first finished draft. Um, and then it was time to look for a publisher. And looking back I probably should have self-published but I didn't have the confidence so I went into a partnership publishing um uh, situation and in the end I think I did the majority of it myself because I, I just didn't like certain things that they wanted done it didn't work for for me um so I think what I learned and it's about learning right is that probably uh, self-publishing is the best way to go um yeah but this was a good little hand-holding thought I needed the hand-holding experience so I think next time I'll definitely self-publish but they got me to the finishing line I must say to get the book done yes. and I really really like how it turned out it, it was frustrating sometimes because I was doing my master's full-time job it was like a lot at points but I think sometimes for me personally, I'm a person as much as I um, kind of take on a lot. I think I work best on that situation because I like to have different things going on. I don't mind work, but I like to have my creative bucket also oh, being yeah. filled and 
you know, I would like to do something like riding my bike or going swimming for relaxing. I like different buckets, having different things to do. So sometimes people are like, your life is so busy. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I'm addressing different things at different times. Yeah. So and sometimes you need that. Like you, there was a time I'm, I'm just like that. I'm just like that. I have my creative stuff. I have, you know, even this project, I have this, that, the next I have work, I have other stuff going on. And at one stage when I was feeling overwhelmed, someone was like, you can cut out some of those things. And I was like, I don't think I'd feel any less overwhelmed if I cut out the creative <laughs> side of things. Maybe if I could take out work, that would be nice, but can not pay your rent with um, smiles. So work, cutting out work wasn't going to happen. So I, you know, it's just, I needed those different sort of inputs in my life. So I definitely know, know what you mean on that front. I'd love to know um, what was your proudest moment with this? Um, receiving the hard copy actually from, oh. from my publisher, just seeing it in real time, it, 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 in like real life and you can hold it and you can hug it, you can smell it, I smell it all the time. It smells so good. Oh my it's God. so good. I'm obsessed. Um, and, and that was the real moment that I was like, oh my gosh, I actually created something that has, that I can touch because mm-hmm. the, the struggle with um, writing is, is a lonely journey for the most part um, because it's something that's in your head that you're trying to describe and put in a tangible way all by yourself for the majority of it, right? So being able to get feedback, uh, so this was a big time and I can actually hold it, but then persons reaching out and saying, you know, that book really, really was such a blessing to me, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian all these years, but the way, you know, you were able to display God it really encouraged me and ignite that faith and that passion Mm -hmm. you know that we all need at some point we all need that encouragement um yeah that was such a blessing to me and how how people said God said to them open up this book when they were feeling down and the next devotional was specifically speaking to what they are dealing with right wow um yeah and it's just been amazing amazing testimonies and stories of how God has used this this tool that I in in the darkness of the night I'm like typing away you know thinking like this makes no sense like does this make any sort of you know nobody's going to read this sort of struggles in your head to somebody actually saying yeah it's been a real blessing and encouragement to my life it's it's a beautiful feeling because you feel like okay God is using me I have a purpose in life you know yeah I absolutely love that um and I'd love to hear you know what obstacles you face when you're creating it I know you talked about the the partnership that you made that didn't quite work out how you thought it would any other or you can talk a bit about that or you can talk about any other obstacles you want to talk about in terms of because I think sometimes it's easy and I did this when before I had done my own book I looked at all these I, I always say look at all these people publishing books now I'm reliably informed that maybe only three percent of people actually publish the book that they write or they want they oh, wow. percent of people who say they want to write a book ever do it so I was looking around thinking everybody's writing a book ever first of all that's not true like that's not a real thing um but for me people are out there and they're like look at my book and I'm like oh my gosh wow uh and then when I started doing it I was like oh it's there's stuff you gotta do <laughs> I just, yeah it's you hard but like actually doing is a whole other conversation I'd love to <laughs> the obstacles that you um you face when you were creating it yeah so one of the big things was confidence I think that was one of the things where I was like 
there are a million devotionals out there. There are a million Christian books out there. Like what, what do you really have to offer that is, you know, on par with some of the great um, devotions, um, devotional books out in there in the world. And um, then is my writing any good? Like, yes, I've been reading all my life. People have been telling me my writing yes, is yes, good. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, by the way. Just <laughs> Thank um, you. I appreciate it. And But, you know, you're in that very lonely space where you're struggling with your own insecurities and you're like, I don't know if I really, this seems so simple. You know, this just seems so, and you struggle with that. And the beautiful thing is, um, once again, in faith, is that there is a part of the Bible that says, you know, I knew you um, before you were formed in your mother's womb. And I always knew my purpose was to write. So rather it's a success or not, that's why I've been created to do. This is what it is. This is what I've been created to do. So rather it's a success or not, that is left beyond me. But this is what I've been called to do. So let me fulfill my purpose. And that takes a lot of weight off because now we can just write because that's what we are supposed to be doing. Um, And then another thing I realized is that everything I write doesn't have to be published because I use so much of my writing for therapy, just getting my thoughts down and my personality type is very much about um, being able to process my thoughts through writing. So I realized like I was putting myself under so much pressure, like you starting writing all these books, you know, and all these drafts and what's the sense, you know, it takes so long for you to actually finish the book. But then I realized, well, who says every book has to be, this is just, this is just my gift. This is my creative process. Um, And the book that's supposed to get to the final stage of publishing, it will get there. Um, Mm -hmm. But, everything you write doesn't have to be published and I think that takes a lot of load off you write because you're creative and that's what you you've been born to do that's when you are one of your happy places so just write because it makes you happy yeah Um, unfortunately all writing doesn't make me happy (laughs) because I hear editing but I've solved that problem by realizing hey there are professional editors who Uh, gladly do this for you so that took a lot of the weight I think off of um for me in my next book where I'm like, I'm just going to write. And then the editor will help me along that to get into that final clean finished version. Um, And then also um, publishing. I think that was one of the things that I didn't have enough information about. Um, But I think going forward, um, I will have a better understanding and confidence that I can do it on my own um, and, and not necessarily um, think that I have to depend on, a publisher to do it um so that's a couple of things I think I struggled with um and I learned from and found ways around um being able to be a writer that can get some stuff out there um but without the pressure yeah that is not necessary I agree with that so much one example um my friend Javasia who if you want to check out her episodes in season one uh she's a freelance writer She's about to publish her book, first book as well. And she always, she, she kind of likens it to music. And as somebody who's also a musician in a former life, I get it. Yeah. Every note you play is not on the stage, right? You could spend hours and hours and hours playing music, trying out pieces. This didn't work, that didn't work, this, that, whatever. To go on stage and sing, you know, four or five songs. Think about an album. You might write a thousand songs for an album. You only have 10. It's such an accepted part of the process in other creative forms. And I think sometimes we have to see some of our writing as 
a rehearsal, right? It's not going to make it. It's not going to make it. That's onto beautiful. The stage. Yeah, yeah, I love that metaphor. Um, it's not going to make it onto the stage. That's absolutely fine. The thing that, you know, the thing that makes it onto the stage is the thing that's to make it, meant to make it onto the stage, right? Yes. That the other writing isn't wasted the same way that playing your scales isn't wasted and playing your arpeggios isn't wasted. Like that's not wasted either. It's just a part of the process. Yes, Love I that. agree. Um, what advice might you give uh, someone who is thinking, and I will say specifically about creating something like what you created, some sort of devotional or something, what advice would you give them uh, if you had to come across one or one's watching now? Yeah, um, for my type of book, any book of faith, um, obviously it's a partnership, right? It's a partnership between you and God because um, I really think you're the tool that he's using to reach people, right? So I think you have to really be in that place of listening to God's still small voice, um, you know, reading your Bible, seeing for me how it happens, um, because I start at every devotional, I have a Bible verse, and then sometimes in the devotionals itself and a prayer and at the end. And what I realized is God is the original writer, he wrote the best book, right? Which continues to be a bestseller for centuries. So I'm just saying, use the one who's the best at it. <laughs> you know, um, but I also find that we, people of faith, we are supposed to use our experiences, right? Because writing always has to come out of experiences. Rather you hear it or you enter it yourself, that's how we start to create um, that, that world or that foundation to write. So I would say go to an experience life, like, Go, um, whatever is your interest, whatever is your hobby, um, try to get out there, try to reach people, um, connect with people, because everybody has a story, everybody has a different perspective that really can bring richness to your characters, can bring richness to your experiences that you may apply into your writing, it can bring a, a compassion, an empathy that you can include in your writing as well, different perspectives. So I would say, yes, for persons of faith, yes, obviously it's a partnership with God, but I think God also uses our life experiences in really tangible ways that can be used um, to, to barely enrich your craft. Yeah. Mm, perfect. I absolutely love that. So just uh, before we wrap up, I'd love to know a bit about what you are reading right now, because we are, we are avid readers here. <laughs> oh, I in this conversation what are you reading right now or what do you like to read I should say you know even so I, I I I I I go from like Christian books and then non-Christian books and I'm like all over the place I read a lot of a lot of different things the only thing I don't like too too much of is two depressing books one after the other yeah because yeah. after a while that really kind of like is a is heavy right yeah. so yeah so I am actually reading one um called from Sumunk Kid called The Secret Life of Eve. I, I love that book. I'm reading that. Um, and that I actually found in the airport. Um, I, I traveled a couple of weeks ago. To, <laughs> I went into, I, I seriously, every time I'm going in departure lounge, I find myself going into a bookstore. And I'm saying to myself, you got enough books at home. What are you going in this bookstore? No, no such thing. No, no. I, I, I found myself there. I don't even remember walking in. I just felt, saw myself in front of this book. And I was like, I've heard about this this book and maybe it's time to read it and then they had three all together so I'm going to read one after the next um and then I'm also reading a really um interesting book um about um questions about the bible tough questions about the bible and how and answers about them which I find really really good um to 
help me sometimes. There are some questions on faith and things that it's oh, hard to kind of figure out. I got out a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I should have not actually book to you because that's actually really good. Um, and I went to um, the Christian bookstore actually had a sale. So I got it for like $10 and $5 books and all sorts of stuff. I oh, literally bought like $100 in books, like a whole big bag um, because it was so cheap, you know? And um, so that's one. And then I'm reading this one called um, Child of All Nations. And it's actually an Asian, yeah, written by an Asian author. Um, it's the second book of four because it's a, a quartet. Um, series and it's very non it's not a typical book for me but I really try to get out and see the perspective of other cultures I, I really mm-hmm. try to be intentional every once in a way to to do that and it really speaks interestingly enough about colonization and him having this idealistic um, view of Belgium that was um, their colonizer and then how he realized that is not the, the childhood um, idealism of youth is not as beautiful when you grow up and see how the control structure um, oppresses people and so on. So I find that oh, one actually yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I, I find that one that. really, yeah, actually, yeah, I'll lend them to you. Um, and it's really interesting to see a person's perspective on colonization, not from um, our side of the hemisphere and the English perspective, right? Because we have mm-hmm. our own version of it here, but to see it through another culture. So I, I really love that book. It's not easy read because, you know, obviously it's cultural um, perspectives and, and words and stuff that you don't necessarily, you're not familiar with, but it's a beautiful read because you can get so much out of it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to come and read your bookshelf apparently. So you'll be seeing me shortly soon yeah, I, I, i'm trying i was trying not to have so many hard copy books but Listen, I, no. I, I can't read at night on kindle i I, me, I like a hard copy when i'm reading at night so I, I was actually having this conversation with a friend of mine a few hours ago i have a friend who lives in australia shout out she, oh, knows wow. who she, is. she always watches everything all of these so she'll know exactly who she is getting <laughs> shout out there and i was saying to her that I love my Kindle. I, I discovered the Kindle when I was traveling more and having six books in your suitcase meant that you couldn't put anything else there. So the Kindle is like life to me. But now I am like, oh, but I really want more hard copy books next year. And hmm, what am I going to do about that? Because I don't know if I, you know, I, I for me, it's like I have... Both of my sisters love books. We all love books. And both of my sisters are very much like they have big bookshelves and they collect books. And I was trying not to be that person. I was trying to be like, oh, minimalist. And I'm going to have my Kindle. And I'm like, but I want real books. So mm, we're going to see what happens next year. But in the meantime, Cherise, I come in for some of yours. So don't Yeah, please do. Anytime. That's fine. So <laughs> that is perfect. One thing I had wanted to talk about, but I don't think we're going to have time for today. Oh. Um, was travel and how travel might has influenced your writing and your sort of perspective so we may need to have another pretty much every guest I've had on not just this season but last season we need to have another conversation so I might just have to do like a replay instant replay of bringing back a lot of guests because I I have so much more that I want to talk about Um, so we won't talk about that today but I'm I'm just putting it throwing it out there so that we know next time we talk we're going to talk a bit about that that maybe that's that's the next book Um, maybe yeah (laughs) 
Um, one last question I want to ask you before we start do the wrap up is how important was finishing this book to you? One thing I found when I like physically finish and self-publish my first book was that finishing has such an incredible power of momentum in your life. Finishing something that you start just to me, that was like, that was life-changing to me. Um, and even, it even kind of it was eye-opening to me in terms of, as you said, reflecting on other projects that I may not have finished and getting me to finish other projects that needed to be finished as well. It just had this, this real, it carried this real life and momentum with, with it. I'd love to hear a bit about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think finishing the book, because it took so many years for me to finally get to this place, because life happens, right? Um, and I actually was um, talking to a friend and I was telling to him, telling him, this is a couple of years ago, that I'm really frustrated that I haven't finished this book. And he was like, but you were studying, doing your master's, you were working full time, you were doing all this stuff, like how you're one person, how do you expect to, to be able to do so much and know that you finish, you know, your studies, now you can get back to it and it will all work out. And then I realized, and I said to myself, you know, sometimes in life, we can be too hard on ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. and I think the beauty about time is that in the fullness of time, things happen when they're supposed to happen. Um, and when I finally did finish, I felt like I had to go through some stuff to put into this book that if I did write it the years before, when I think I should have mm -hmm. finished, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have had a realness and an authenticity. Yeah, it wouldn't have been the same book. I needed to go through some really rough stuff um, and to see how God can come in those hard places and sometimes bring, yes, a quick um, solution, but sometimes he just gives you just enough sustaining power to get through it and, and allow you in the humility of a hard place to be able to empathize with another. So mm -hmm. I would say to a person who who's looking like, okay, how does it feel to finish a book? And I'm like, I'm relieved that I finished it, but also appreciating every single step of the journey um, the rough times, the good times, the not too short times, it made me, my book helped me to become a more mature, a more understanding and to some extent, a more driven person because now I know I can do it. So yes. now the impetus, now it's kind of like it build up this momentum, right? So now you're on like, yeah, I've done it before. So let's just keep this moving. Yeah. You know? the momentum and, is there. And yeah. for me, it, it, it showed me the kind of ups and downs to it and understanding when I was going through the next book, this is the part that you're going to feel a bit, it's going a bit dragging, it's going a bit slow. And at points where I might have previously given up, yes, not given up now because I understand, well, yeah, it, it feels this way. This, this is normal. This is part of the process. It's going to, you're going to carry on. You're going to finish it if it needs to be finished. If it isn't and you don't, well, so be it. So yeah. Yeah, that is that is the reality of, of finishing. Um, I know you have a bit of a social media presence. So I'd love for, we're going to drop all the links in the show notes, both for the podcast, if you're listening, for the YouTube channel, if you're watching us. Um, so tell us uh, where we can find you, find your book. And if you're, and tell us also if you're here in Barbados, if, where they can get a copy of the book as well, please. Yeah, so at Things Gospel, so they are carrying the book currently right now. And I'm working with Cloyster by 
by the end of the week, it will be in Cloyster Bookstore as well. Um, but it's also available on Amazon, hard co um, soft copy and um, the digital version. Um, and also I have uh, Instagram and Facebook, Sharice Writes. Um, so you can look for me there. And I try to give updates on like interviews and that sort of thing that persons could find out a lot more about me because yes, the book does have personal experiences, but like talking with you, I would have obviously shared so much more that people could um, identify with and hopefully be encouraged by. So, awesome. so yeah, so I'm out there. Follow me if you, if you're interested. Yes. <laughs> don't you, yeah, just follow her. Don't, don't listen to her. Just follow her. Do I tell you? Do I tell you? My show. <laughs> Follow Sharice. Um, uh, she resetted by the end of the week, but please note by the time this goes live in February 2022, the book should definitely be in Cloister. If you're in Barbados, if you're outside of Barbados and you want to experience some of this goodness, Amazon, <laughs> um, you will get that book available on Amazon and hopefully Sharice will be back. Yes, I hope to be. I'm so excited. I absolutely enjoyed this this was so much fun i knew it was going to be fun because yeah when we get together it's always talk always fun, so. <laughs> it's always a good time um and not sure what order these are going to air in but i'm also going to be having the esteemed leader of our book club kim joining us oh. as well. yes to talk about her podcast uh all about barbadian history so yeah this is good. This has been good. You might have already heard Kim by the time you hear this, or you might be thinking, ooh, that sounds exciting. In which case, hit subscribe. And of course. <laughs> and you will hear all about when that one drops and goes live. All right, Sharice, Perfect. thank you so much for being here with me, my sister Locks twin, my book club buddy. And yeah, thank you so much. I'm so pleased that you finally put this book into the world. Looking forward to future stuff. And Everybody get Sharice's book and happy reading. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. You can find out more about our guests in the notes below. And don't forget to hit subscribe to subscribe to our channel so that you don't miss new episodes when they drop. And if this has inspired you to get your own writing project into the world, click on my website below and learn how you can work with me as a writing coach or an editor. Until next time, I send you big love from a small island.